Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Okay, now to step up the amazing, Rob Giles, get up here. Yeah. Sorry, just building you up there. It's hard to build up after um, that awesome worship, but yeah, that was really cool. Um, Too kind. Anyway, what did I pray for you, mate? Lord God, we just thank you for this mighty man of God. Lord, I thank you for the words that you've given him. Mm. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you'd come in power now, Lord. Lord, that you would use Rob Mm. uh, as he delivers this message now, this important message. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, mate. Amen. Oh, I just echo that prayer for all of us this morning. I just really sense, sense the Lord's presence in a fresh way. Uh, today and um, and I was reminded what an encouragement that is um, when our Father comes and gives us an embrace. I don't know how you're feeling. Um, I know for some it's been um, feels like maybe a long time since you've sensed the Lord's embrace. And I really just felt um, just as Matt was sharing at the beginning of the services, getting us to lay our hands on our hearts today. Just I felt the Lord just wanting to say, I'm. I am here. I've always been here. And if you need to know my embrace, just come to me. Um, So I hope that's encouragement to you today, depending on where you're at. Um, Excuse me, I'm a little bit phlegmy this morning, so I'm just going to... Bonnie sends her love. I talked to her this morning. She's up at Lake Macquarie with all our youth today. Um, They were up very late last night, she tells me, looking at the phosphorus algae on the lake which sounds really amazing. I don't know if anyone's seen that, but um, I think two o'clock this morning, they all went to bed. So if you've got any youth, par- youth parents, <laughs> there are going to be some tired folk coming home later this afternoon. But she's the one who always remembers to bring water to church. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was depending on her. Um, now, I wanted to show you this picture as we kick off. <clears throat> I don't know if, any, if there are any antique roadshow fans out there. Oh, I see a few hands. Um, it's not a show that I, you might be surprised given my English heritage that I'm particularly fond of, but um, I did come across this story of this, what was basically a plant pot. It's a very um, elaborate plant pot uh, that was held in a family um, in an attic for a long time and then eventually put on a stand and used as a goalpost for indoor soccer for a while. Uh, I think it was bought for $100, I don't know, back in the 50s or 60s or something. Would anyone like to have a crack at how much it, this sold for? 20 years ago, it went up for auction. Any idea? In pounds, how much it went for? Come on. 3,000? 10,000? 20,000. Do I hear any advance on 20,000? 100,000. Keep going. 110? 150, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut to the chase for you. More than half a million. More than half a million. <laughs> can, can I just see that again? That's quite something, isn't it? Um, so somebody was very, very pleased to find out just how valuable uh, and probably a bit horrified to think of what they did with it, um, how valuable that was. 
And you know, God's kingdom is described a little bit like this. In, in, in you know, a number of places, Jesus talks about the kingdom and how precious it is. You might remember the parable of the pearl of great value. And, uh, and often these things that are precious, particularly as we think about the kingdom, we don't necessarily see just how precious they are on the face of it. But when we discover, when we dig a little deeper, we find out, actually, this is more precious than anything else. Anything else that I own. And uh, so in the parable, the person goes and buys the whole field just to get this pearl. And, um, you know, over the last few weeks, we've heard some stories. I hope you managed to be able to join us, whether in person or online, to hear some of the stories of folk who've shared, really, I think one of the things I drew from it was, actually, they've discovered something precious. Something precious in their relationship with Jesus, in their, in their connection to his church, his family, his body. There's something precious there. Um, that, they're, that they're talking about. And, you know, it really, I hope, it makes us think, hey, what's really valuable to me? What's really valuable? What's really important? What would you give up everything else for? We're going to read from um, Matthew 5. I'm not going to speak for long this morning. I want to do a bit of ministry. Um, and there isn't some great strategic uh, purpose behind why we're looking at Matthew 5 this morning? Well, maybe there is, but I don't know what it is, because I just sense the Lord putting this on my heart, just as a one-off this morning. Um, next week, we're going to start a, a new series, but today I just felt like he just placed this passage on my heart. So if you've got a Bible, can you turn with me to Matthew 5? We're going to read from verse 1, but just before we read, <clears throat> I want to say, look, this, this is one of the key passages on the kingdom of God. We talk a lot about the kingdom of God in this church, so I'm sure you know if you've been here for any length of time, but there are a number of key passages, I would say probably two or three in each of the Gospels. We often talk about Luke 4, when Jesus stands in the synagogue and says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the good news. Or maybe Mark 1, where Jesus says, the time has come, the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, this is one of those passages, Matthew 5, where Jesus stands and says, the kingdom, let me tell you what the kingdom's like. And he teaches us about the kingdom. So let's pray as we read this, because I believe the Spirit illuminates the Scriptures as we read. All right? Do you believe that too? Let's ask him. Holy Spirit, we just ask that as we read this, you would shine your light. Lord, where we didn't understand things before, we pray for fresh understanding. Where we didn't believe things before, we ask for new faith. Lord, I pray that your word would come alive in our hearts, especially for those of us who've read this many times. Lord, it would come alive in our hearts afresh again. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, let's read Matthew 5 from verse 1. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. <clears throat> These are, they're kind of strange words, aren't they? I think that, you know, we, we don't even quite, we don't really use blessed much these days, but even <clears throat> the concepts that Jesus is talking about, it's a bit strange to our way of thinking, I think, because it's so very different to our world. And you know what? I think they were really strange to Jesus' disciples too. Jesus, you've got to remember, let's have a think about it. Jesus' listeners we're told he drew his disciples to him. So it's probably the 12, but maybe the, what became the 72 as well. I think there was probably a larger crowd. And, and I reckon more and more hangers-on just joined. You know, the crowd probably grew because they're on the mount. And those listeners, they were probably predominantly Jewish, although there would have been some Gentiles there because Jesus liked to hang out on the kind of border towns. And... They're living in a Greco-Roman world. You know, language of the Greeks is just saturated, but the Romans are the conquerors. And so they're living in this Greco-Roman world where there really isn't any like welfare in the way that we have it. No job seeker, no free health care. It's a very different kind of world to the world that we live in. A lot more brutal a lot less concerned about the poor in spirit, as Jesus talks about. In our culture, I think we love the underdog. Am I, do you think so? Do you, do you get that from watching movies? There's, a, there's a, a kind of sentiment that kind of builds up, isn't there, when we hear stories, when we watch movies, when we even see people who are, um, are kind of the underdog in the story. You just automatically start cheering for them. And I think, we're, which I'm glad for, we, we're taught that victims, people who've really been tra treated really badly in life, um, people who are particularly vulnerable, maybe in incapacitated, incapable of looking after themselves, we're, we're taught to treat them with special honor. And I, that's what, I think that's a really good thing in our society, but it's sometimes something I think we take for granted. And we could talk about where that comes from another time. But it's something I think we take for granted. Because in Jesus' time, if you were disabled, if you were widowed, destitute, unable to care for yourself, it was to your own shame. Which is just such a... It was, it was to their own shame. It was something that you'd hide away. Something that actually society tried to hide away. Now, I'm sure we, we're not perfect on this. I'm sure there's parts of our society that struggle with that too. But on the whole, we're taught to honor those folk. But in Jesus' time, that, that really wasn't the case. And so, you know, these ideas are strange for them, as Jesus talks about 
Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are mourning. It's a very, like, another word for blessed is favored. You know? Favored are those who are mourning. And it must have been very strange, very different to their culture. Over the um, summer, I had kind of like the, uh, just something I really loved um, was we spent some time down at Crosslands in the river, which is kind of literally like a five-minute drive from our house. If any of you know <clears throat> uh, Crosslands, it's, it's lovely. And we went, we went swimming with the kids and jumped off the rocks. I actually managed to lose my watch. This is my other watch in the river, which was a bit annoying. But um, it, we had a really lovely time. Um, and I remember swimming one time with my youngest, Reuben, who's seven, He's a pretty good swimmer, but he tends to, if any of you remember having young kids or have got young kids, they tend to kind of just hook onto your neck when you're in the swimming pool. And you're like, ah, you know, kind of swimming with this little one. Like, I'm like, kick harder, Ruben, kick harder, you're, you're strangling me. <clears throat> and as we're swimming, <clears throat> I could feel the flow of the river, especially as we got out into the middle. It wasn't very dangerous, don't worry, if you're wondering you know, am I putting my kids in peril? It was pretty safe. But in, in the middle of the river, you could feel the flow of the river pushing against us. And we're swimming and we're thinking, I'm thinking to myself, are we going forward? Or are we, are we, starting, are we making any progress here? When, as we live in this world, <clears throat> we feel the pull of it. We feel the flow of our culture, don't we? And... You know, there is such a pull in our world that as Christians, we are swimming against the opposite tide of. We know that God is calling us to something different, but we can feel the pull of it. There's, there's such a pull to be uh, attractive, to be athletic, to be, uh, if you're in business, to be ruthless, to be proud, really. To be admired or even envied by people around us. And you know it, don't you? Like, I mean, it just comes in small ways. Whether it's the next car or, or, the, or the hairstyle or, or whatever it is, we just feel the pull. And none of us can kind of get out of the river. <laughs> you, we're in it. As we, we could try and live in a cave. And people have, Christians have tried to do that in the past. But God calls us to be in that river and to swim, swim against that. <clears throat> I think I see it mostly in shows like The Biggest Loser or um, The Apprentice or like a million different makeover shows that are really popular because there is this pull, of, of, that this great desire that people have to work hard to become successful, whatever that definition is for them. And, as, and even though we sometimes we watch those things, or I can't stand reality TV shows, but I understand the pull of them because we're like, kind of want to cheer for them because they're working so hard at it. And Jesus' words come very jarring for us because these people, they haven't earned the status. They can't boast about being meek or poor in spirit. This is how the kingdom works. So there's this, there's this contrast, isn't there, between this culture that Jesus is talking about, these values of the kingdom that Jesus is talking about, and our 
world and the values of our world. I just want to compare them a little bit. Have a look with me again. And I'm going to skip through. Have a look through here. Because Jesus kind of gives us a definition, a a revolutionary new definition of what's valuable. He says, this is the kingdom. It's completely different what's valuable in the kingdom as to what's valuable in the world. What's really important in life. So instead of pretty, handsome, strong, or athletic, favored are the poor in spirit and the meek and those who mourn. Instead of the confident, proud, assertive, blessed are the peacemakers, merciful and pure in heart. And instead of those who enjoy all the pleasures and riches of this world, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and those who are persecuted because of that. And this is a hard one, I think, because I like being admired. There's a little bit of me that likes that. I like it when people say, oh, he's a good guy. Instead of being admired or envied, blessed are people, sorry, blessed are you when people insult you and accuse you falsely because you live differently to them. <clears throat> now, the kingdom of God is a little less like a club. And it's a little bit more like a movement of people. The picture that comes to my mind when I, whenever I read about Jesus, read Jesus' words about the kingdom is a little bit, imagine you're in your house and you hear a noise coming down the road. And it's the noise of people shouting in joy. And it gets closer and closer as it comes down the road. You can tell there's a big group of people. And, then, and you go out to see what on earth all the commotion is. And somebody comes to you and says, from this group, says, come, join us, come on. And the rest of them start running down the road. And in that moment, there's an invitation to get on board, to join in with what, whatever this is. And you might not know exactly what this is right up front. I think when Jesus kind of offered an invitation to the kingdom in the scriptures, a lot of the time people didn't get the full picture. He just said, come. When, when Matthew, Levi, the tax collector, met Jesus, Jesus didn't explain everything that was going to happen. He just said, come on, let's go. And the kingdom is a little bit like, when we join into the kingdom, when we, when we say yes to that invitation, it's a little bit like we join that group of people and we see it, it grow. Now, that's not everything about the kingdom, but there's a sense in which it's a momentum. It's a movement of people. It's not a club that you come and read all the terms and conditions and then tick. You're in or out. And, uh, you know, Jesus, when he teaches here about the kingdom, and he says, blessed in the kingdom are these people, favored in the kingdom are these people, it's an invitation. It's not, so if you're not poor in spirit, you're not in. What he's saying here is, come and, and say yes to a kingdom set of values that are completely different to this world. And come and find out just how precious it is to receive the full inheritance and blessing that God has for us. I want you to look at these, these promises for those who are in the kingdom. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For they will be comforted. They will inherit the earth. 
they will be shown mercy and will see God and will be called children of God. You know, as I was reading through that, I thought to myself, if I was ever to pray for somebody, we wouldn't pray. Lord, may they, may they become successful and handsome and rich and know all the pleasures of this world. We, do, we wouldn't pray that for them, would we? Because deep down, we, we know that what is really valuable is the full inheritance and blessing of God. What's really valuable is the mercy and grace that God offers us. To rest in the comfort and security of knowing God the Father. Can I invite you to stand? I'd love us to just pray. Because I think there's a few things the Spirit's just putting his finger on today. And if you're at home, why don't you stand as well? Let's just take a moment just to open ourselves up to his spirit today. You might want to just place your hands out in front of you. You may, you may want to kneel if you don't have to stand. However you want to receive from the Lord. I think, um, <clears throat> let's just as we're waiting on him, I just get a sense that there's, like I say, just a few things that the Spirit's just putting his fingers on. For those of you who are struggling, and you, and you know it's been a real struggle recently, to say no to that pull of the world, to swim against it, it's just exhausting. And you, and you want to just kind of, Stop swimming and just let it carry you. But, um, but particularly for those of you who know that actually as you do that, you're being caught up in a cycle of shame. Maybe there's just, um, it's just a real struggle to say no to that. That habit, that way of thinking, whatever it is, that just keeps you in that cycle of shame. And I believe God is calling you today to, to begin to cherish his ways, his priorities. And to actually feel like he just wants to give you a new love. A new sense of cherishing those things. So Holy Spirit, we just ask for those of you, for those of us, Lord, who just know that there is... Um, there's a freedom that we need that only comes from a deep love renewed in us. Lord, come and bring your transformation. We ask today, Lord, that you would cause our hearts to be grieved by the things that grieve yours. To renew our consciences again. Lord, to be tender to your spirit. To feel the pinprick again of sin when we've grown dull, dull to it.
just felt the Lord wanted to say, God's, his friendship is more precious than anything the world offers. And he comes and he says, you know what? Exchange your shame for my friendship. So wherever you are today, whether you're at home, whether you're here, if you know that's you, I just invite you now. He's coming and saying, I will take the shame and I will give you my friendship afresh. So Lord, we bring that to you, the foot of the cross today. Now, if that's you, just take some time. Don't worry about other things that are going on or I'm going to be saying, but just take some time just to do business with him. If you want, if you're here in the building, feel the freedom just to kind of, you may want to head to the cross at any point just to spend some time in prayer. However you just want to receive from him. And I think similarly, for some of us, we're feeling a just a drift from God at the moment. Lots of water analogies this morning. Just feeling that kind of a, just a drift is the word that keeps coming to me from God. Feeling deeply disconnected from him and actually from your church family. And there are so many reasons behind that. We can rationalize all that, but I believe that God is calling you back today to rediscover because there's a deep sense of peace and belonging that he offers in that place. And as we start this year, I just got a sense he's asking us these questions. Do we need to ask others to pray with us regularly? If that's something you're missing. Or, you know, to... To maybe even share your testimony in, in a life group or in a small group. If you know that that's something that you're, oh, there's just, I'm so disconnected from the Lord. His invitation is to, back, to come back into connection again. Because knowing loving Father is more precious than anything that the world offers. So Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come and you do that work today. Come, Lord Jesus. We're just going to wait for a while just to see what he's doing. But just stay in this place. We often rush the Lord. And then we wonder why we struggle to connect with him. Come, Lord. I think there's just um, one more thing I felt the Lord just placing in the heart for this morning. And that is, um, for some of us, we've, we've been sensing the Spirit just challenging us to step out. Might be sharing 
sharing our faith or sharing our story with our neighbor or with someone at work. Um, but we just felt the Spirit nudging us. And, um, and there's a fear, actually, if we look inside, of, of just looking stupid. And I felt the Lord saying, you know what, I'm, I'm just inviting you today to step into that uncomfortable space and discover just how precious the comfort that only he can bring is. To give up the comfort of looking like you got it together or looking normal and trade that for the comfort that the Lord brings. So Lord, we ask for your boldness but particularly, Lord, this morning, we, just, we ask that you would help us to not value the things that the world values so much and to, and to hold precious the things of your kingdom. Lord, we want to live all out for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.